0: God is good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. Welcome. God bless you. Take your seats. So thank you. Thank you for being here this morning. Remember tonight, 6 o'clock, is another evening service. And I know it's still holiday time in WA. And some of you may have cabin fever, but it's okay. You will survive. God has got us here at this day and this time to win the city, to win the state, to do something extraordinary. So let's use the opportunity while we have it. Somebody say Amen. Amen. And uh, David, uh, David is ministering at Hope Church this morning, and Shah and team is down there uh, in, in the CRC south of the river. So really exciting pictures. Uh, just, you know, the, 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 I just see that four years ago, four years ago, which was what date? What was the year? 20? What? 2018. 2018. Four years ago, like to the day when this was a pile of rubble, this building four years ago to the date we had a groundbreaking ceremony so just look at some of the pictures there all right four years ago um, hopefully we'll get this main screen up and running okay um, soon but um, maybe it's just the heat so there we go I mean four years ago we had this groundbreaking ceremony isn't that amazing all right and uh, uh, it's amazing what God can do and what God will do if we just step out that's four years ago it took a while for us to to obviously get into the building, but uh, if you remember, three years ago, let's put up some of those pictures from three years ago. Yeah, we have a blue screen. All right, three years ago we have. Uh, so there we go. Can we put up some of the pictures from three years ago uh, when we when we this was just a shell, if you remember? Uh, are there any pictures of those pictures? No. Yes. Okay. Um, okay, but three years ago, we um, we um, we started sorting this place out so we didn't do the shell the shell was done and uh remember the 1750 square meters of carpeting Anyone remember that? Some of you don't know about that, but we laid every single carpet in this place and next door, etc. all right? So we worked hard. We painted the place, the ceilings everywhere. Lights went in, Brad and his amazing uh, team. So we have the most amazing people who serve, who honor God. I mean, we built the stage. We we did everything. Isn't that amazing? Amen. And so what can be done With a group of people who decide nothing's going to stop us. So we can either be a people who actually give up and say nothing is possible. Uh, How's this going to happen? Where are you going to find the money? Or you do it. God never called me to do anything when I've had money. Now hopefully He asks me to do things in the future when we have lots of money. Amen. But we do what we do out of obedience to God. Amen. So when I shook hands with and made a deal concerning this place, we had no money. But you know, God gives you people, even in the unsaved world, who are unsaved, who will, who God will cause uh, you to be favored in their eyes. Amen. So somebody just understand what God can do. Amen. And uh, just so you know, we are busy. We put in the orders for the, st- the structure outside to enclose. Uh, uh, the the, the outside area so that takes a while now because of uh, delays in building etc everything takes a long time now but uh, it is happening so we are getting, if you still want to give towards that we still you know we still need a bit more money to to give towards that and we'll pick it up in in February I'll talk about this but just keep on giving don't don't back off amen and then welcome to the Pakistani television all the viewers in Pakistan God bless you we thank you that you're with us today hallelujah And so I want to continue our destiny in the valley. Last week I started uh, part one, today part two. And uh, I'm just going to pretty much go over the same points, but from a different point of view. You know, a valley is, uh, uh, everyone experiences valleys. Valleys are a part of life. Mountains are a part of life. But the victory is always found in the valley. The victory is never found on the mountaintops. Because the Bible says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I walk through. The Bible talks about the valley of Baccar. And in the valley of Baccar, you make it a a spring of life. The valley of Baccar was actually a rubbish dump. And the Bible says when you're in the rubbish dump, you make it an oasis. That's how God sees things. So sometimes we think, how come I'm in a valley? And God says, well, in the valley, I want to show you my power. I want to show you what I can do, how I can turn your life around, how I can turn things around in your life. Amen. So in the valleys we find, we, we, which is part of life, we find revelation, we find strength we find determination, we find fire, we find anointing in the valley because it's in the valley that God says, I'm going to anoint you and bless you. So when you come out of the valley, you are ready for what I have for you. Somebody say amen. So it's not a question of why do I feel like this because often we're in a valley and we think, why do I feel like this? What is wrong with me? Instead of asking those questions, rather ask yourself, what is my next step? Or uh, uh, am I growing in this time or am I just submitting to this time? Because that's the key. A lot of people go through valleys and Jesus never said you would not go through a valley. He never promised you that this life would be totally 100% hunky-dory. He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The Bible tells us that those who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So if you want to stand up for the gospel and live righteously, especially in this day and age, you are going to come under a certain amount of pressure. Amen. Just bring me down a little bit. Same as last week, please. So uh, uh, on, my, on my monitors. So just the important thing is that you understand that you are here by the divine will and purpose of God. And no matter where you find yourself, in the valley or on the mountaintop, that you understand that God has got you. God will not let you go. God will be with you. So, you know, most of our valleys, by the way, are are, are our negative or uneasy emotions that are often unfounded. And Paul, the apostle, writes to the corinthian church in 2 corinthians chapter 6 in verse 12 and he says to them he says look he says you're not hindered by me but you are hindered by your own emotions now now the word emotions is a very amazing it's an amazing word in the bible because it's the word emotions is actually the word spleen and he says, you're not hindered by me, but you are hindered by your own emotions. If you go to the original Greek, he says, he's saying this, that you are in a narrow place in your spleen, in your intestines, saying you have constipation. A lot of people have got emotional constipation. If you don't know what emotion, what how constipation, what the, the, it's go study, right? But he says, you are in, he says, the issue is not me. He says, the issue is not everything else around you. He says, the issue is your emotions, your inner being. He talks about the matrix of the womb, believe it or not, all that's in the Bible, Um, is in a narrow place. And we know when the intestines are in a restricted place. Life is like very hard, and it's very painful. Now, I make no joke because it is a serious issue physically with many people. But he says, that's the issue. So sometimes we're in this place, in the valley, and it is a place sometimes of pressure. It's a narrow place. You know, it doesn't matter what I say because this is the real man talk. Because, you know, you're in this place and God really wants to push you out of that place that you're free. Amen. And so, it's emotional constipation and spiritual constipation that often are the challenges that we face in life. Like offense can cause constipation. Did you know worry can cause emotional constipation? Did you know fear, anxiety, stress? Even in the natural, stress causes constipation. But in the spirit realm, the same thing. Amen. Amen. Now, I know I'm not a doctor, but I'm a pretty good quack. So, uh, as many older folk used to call it, they would say to you, if you had constipation, we need to give you some opening medicine. Amen. So, who needs some emotional opening medicine? Who needs some spiritual opening medicine? Now, I I, I smile about this, but it's a very serious thing. The fact is that God has given us opening medicine. Amen. God has given us things that can open up our lives because the spiritual opening medicine is, number one, the confession of the Word of God. Amen. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am favoured. God is with me. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and He adds no sorrow to it. So when the pressure is on you and wanting to squeeze you to stop you from being productive, what do you do? You get before God and you take the opening medicine and you begin to confess the Word of God. You begin to speak the Word of God. You begin to declare the Word of God and suddenly, slowly, 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 maybe it doesn't happen immediately, but eventually something begins to open in your spirit and something begins to open in your in your mind and in your heart. Number two, prayer. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Just prayer and praying in tongues. Pray, 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 pray. If you don't know what to do there, sometimes I feel in my spirit that there's a pressure and I get up and I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. I pray in tongues, I pray in tongues. I walk up and down. I pray in tongues. Sometimes I come here. I stay, sometimes in the kids' church, I walk and I pray and I pray and I pray until I find the release in God until something is released, amen. Come on, that's the valley of vision. In the valley, God gives you the breakthrough and you do it until you get the breakthrough. You open up your heart and your mind. Somebody say amen. Number three, it's praise and it's worship. So lifting up your hands and saying, God, I praise you. That's why Paul the Apostle says, he says, I would that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath, without anger, without doubting. I pray that in Jesus' name. He says, I want men and women to do that. Lift up your hands, begin to praise Him, begin to worship Him. Something begins to flow out of you, amen. Something begins to change. There's the river of living waters. John 7 verse 37, Jesus said, He believes in me as the Scripture has said, out of His innermost being, you can go check the Greek, it says out of your innermost being, the matrix of your womb shall flow rivers of living water. When you let that water begin to to flow from the Holy Ghost. I tell you what, everything will change in our lives. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's, it's not going to be, it's just a walk in the park, because it certainly is not. But I am saying we got to take the medicine and we've got to, in the valley, begin to do what God wants us to do. And in the valley, say, I am coming out stronger. I'm coming out better. We are coming out in revival. We are coming out with the power of God. We are coming out the way that God wants us to be. Amen. So no matter how much pressure is in this nation and in this state at present, we the church will come out on top. We God's people will come out on top. We are not gonna live our lives in a woke mentality. We're gonna live our lives free and in God and understand what God has got for us. Amen. We are gonna take this nation. We're gonna take this city. It doesn't belong to anybody else but God. Amen. And so, the valley of vision. God says in Isaiah chapter 22, verse 1, in the Passion Translation, He says, A prophecy concerning the valley of vision. Amen. Is it up? Not? The prophecy concerning the valley of vision. What's happening with you? Why have all of you gone up to your rooftops? So God brings the charge. As we know, I said last week that the valley of vision, the, the, the valley of vision is the house of God. It's the house of God. It's 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 another saying that God says, in my house, in my and it speaks of Jerusalem as well, in my city. Why have you gone to the rooftops? Why have you run? And he says the whole city is in an uproar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The whole city is in an uproar. I will share with you next week when when prayer starts, what God showed me concerning this city last year in September. I've seen many things come to pass. And I'm saying to God's people, it's important that we stay in the Word and we stay focused on Him and we don't giving to the narrative of the world, and we stay in His presence. We stay together. We stay reaching our world for Jesus. Amen. And so uh, uh, he says this, in the whole city, the whole city is in an uproar. What happened to the once happy, bustling city? The bodies of the slain litter your streets. They were not slain by the sword on the battlefield, but they were executed. So he says they didn't die because of battle. They died because they gave up, and they were captured by the enemy, and the enemy executed them. Too many Christians are dying because they've given up. Too many, and I'm not talking about physical death, I'm talking about emotional and spiritual death. They're just giving up to the narrative of the world, and God says, Don't run, don't uh, hide. Fight and stand your ground. Use the weapons that I've given you. And he says here in verse 3 all your leaders have fled away, and those who were found were taken captive before even a single shot, uh, they shot a single arrow. So he says, even leaders are running. And this is not the time to run. This is not the time to give up. This is the time to get stronger in God, to get focused on Jesus, to get back into the Word of God. Now I know, I tell you right now, there is pressure to continuously give into the narrative of the world. It's like that all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, it's non-stop from the world. It doesn't stop. First it was marriage equality, then it's gender equality. It doesn't stop. Now the point is this, you think to yourself, man, I I just, I can't handle the pressure. God never called you to handle the pressure. God called you to stand firm in Him. That's what God called you to do. So stand firm in Him, get hold of Him, trust God, say, God, I'm not going to give up. I know there's pressure in the world, but God, you've called me as salt, and you've called me as light, and I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to bring people to Christ. Amen. I'm here to preach the gospel. I'm here to show people life and love and blessing and bring liberty to the captives. Amen. And so, you know, the reality is this. We see the reports in media this week that that that, that, that all over this nation, this nation, that fear has gripped this nation. The reality, the people are having Panic attacks, literally, people are having panic attacks if they take a PCR test and they've got it. They're having panic attacks. The the, the stats show you that many people that have been hospitalized because they're in panic. Because fear has been pushed onto this nation for years now. And the church has to arise and shine for our light has come. Even though darkness will cover the earth, it's our time to arise and shine. We don't participate in fear. We don't participate in the narrative of the world. I'm not saying that you must be stupid. I'm not saying that you must not look after yourself. I'm saying more so look after yourself because here is a problem. He said, we have a responsibility to look after ourselves, to be fit, to be healthy, to make sure our immune systems are taken care of. Amen? You're going to think your immune system is going to be okay. You sit and eat rubbish the whole day. It's not going to happen. You can faith it all you like. Look after yourself. Do your part. God will do His part. Amen? <laughs> it's a fact. Do you know... Uh, um, the, 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 these are stats and you can go check it out yourself our um, children's hospitals are being flooded with kids having respiratory infections pretty severe you know why? because their immune systems are compromised because we've hidden away we've not looked after ourselves amen so we do our part, God does His Amen? Amen? You can play in the dirt. You won't die. Amen? Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, let's look at the Scripture. I don't want to go there. All right, Hebrews chapter 4. Because, look, we have to understand that we do have a responsibility You know, it's like this. I mean, look, I go to the gym, and then you see in the gym, when there was none of these and nobody had these, etc. Jesus loves you. Uh, People actually wipe down their gym equipment. Now nobody does. Right? The guys walk out of the toilet, not here. They walk out of the toilet, and they haven't even washed their hands. I don't know about the girls, but I'm just saying. You know, there is a responsibility we do have. Come on. Okay. Let's not go there. All right. So... um... Um, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Satan works through one aspect, and that's through fear. He works through another way. That's why you understand the onslaught is against this nation. So God spoke to me very clearly in, in uh, November of 2020, very clearly in a pre Year and he said to me, there's a battering ram coming against Australia. So the enemy is trying to batter this nation, coming against the gate. So I see it more so now, more and more and more. There's a battering ram, and there's no way we are going to do this in the physical. I understand, yes, we do have certain responsibilities, etc. But there's a pandemic of fear that is upon our nation, and the church is the only one who can deal with this effectively because it's a spiritual thing. It's, it's a spiritual thing. So I want you to get this. It's a Spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing which has ramifications and expression in the physical realm. And so everything we do in the spiritual, as a church, will have ramifications, and you will see the effect in the in the natural realm. That's why we have to get very get back to God very seriously about seeking the face of God. I don't care. You say, "Well, I'm tired. I'm this." No, 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 no. We got to get into the presence of God. We got to push into God. We got to go for God. We're going to pray prayers that are bold and unashamed with power with authority. I'm not talking about these little uh, 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 these prayers that do nothing that are just traditional and that do nothing and say nothing because when people pray it they just say nothing because they don't even believe what they pray because Jesus said when you pray when you speak to the mountain believe that what you say will come to pass and you will get it. So if we're going to pray prayers that we don't even believe there's no point. Amen? Come on. It's like the great revivalist Charles Finney, when when he was unsaved, he was a lawyer. He went into a church because he was hungry for God. He went into a church and they were having a prayer meeting. And uh, when when, when somebody then approached him and said, uh, may we pray for you. And he said to them, he said, he said, no, please don't pray for me because the way that you pray, I can see you don't even believe what you are praying. Amen. And that's not the way it should be. we got to start being people who in the valley of vision begin to pray prayers that we actually believe that God will answer, that when we prophesy, God will answer. Amen. And I want to tell you right now that too many people are just praying too much in the future instead of saying right now, God, will you move now? we got to shift everything now because it's all well and good to prophesy that 2023 is going to be a great year. No, 2022, we've got to intervene in this nation. We've got to Intervene in the spirit realm. We've got to stand firm. We've got to stand strong. We've got to do what God has called us to do in the valley of vision. Amen. It's the valley of vision. Amen. And so we have to break fear. The valley of vision is where the church receives the very heart of God. You know, I know that goals are important because I believe in goals, but you know, uh, a lot of churches and a lot of Christians just do goals. And eventually they do so many goals that they lose the reason why they do this. That people eventually become just a commodity and not the very creation of God. So we're not talking about vision as in a goal. Although goals may be part of certain things. Amen. The vision of God is not a goal for church growth. The church will grow if we get the vision of God. And I'm talking about souls being saved. I'm talking about a nation being changed. So we can fill every church out on a Sunday. But if we're not changing the city, what is the point? Amen. So we've got to get to the place where we carry the very heart of God and the, in, the, in the valley of vision. And we say, God, that when we pray, we know the heavens are going to shake. When we pray, we know the earth is going to shake. And that's the vision that I'm talking about this morning and what the Bible is talking about. Amen. Come on. You know, we got to understand what God wants us to do in this day, in this time, and in this hour. So if we just end up goals-driven, we become dysfunctional, we end up burnt out, people have no compassion, where people become the necessary uh, 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 uh uh, evils uh, and they're just a means to an end. That's not what this is about. This is about the very heart of God that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. It's about a vision for a nation and a city. It's more than political, although it will shift the political narrative. I'll tell you what, when people get the vision of God, we will shift the things in the spirit realm. The, the world will get darker and darker, but I want to tell you what, people will come to the house of God because there's something different in God's people. Come on, I'm preparing you for revival. I'm not going to back off and we are going to do what God wants us to do. Somebody say amen because the Bible says in Proverbs 29 where there's no clear prophetic vision, prophetic vision. People quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the Word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. So when people don't have a heavenly vision, anything pushes them away. Everything pushes them aside. But when you got this heavenly vision, I'm here. Whether it's in the children's church, I'm here to see young people come to Christ. I'm here for the purpose of God. Whether you're in the band and you say, man, I'm here to see the glory of God fill. There's something that grips your heart when you begin to pray. When you say, God, I'm here as a musician to change the narrative the melodies that are going out over the city are going to be melodies of war they're going to be warring songs that are going to be songs that shift the atmosphere that's a vision the vision of valley the the, the valley of vision amen the goal is to say, God, we want five more or ten more uh, musicians to be added to the church. But, God, uh, before, before that, I pray that every single person gets a vision for the very heart of God in the valley of vision, that we carry the presence of God, that the, the musicians, those five musicians that, uh, that come to, to us, Lord God, they carry the fire of God, not just talented. Too many talented people in the church of not enough anointed people we need the anointing amen <laughs> and so the vision is clear Jesus said this in Luke chapter 4 let's look there Luke chapter 4 so he says so he came to Nazareth this is the Lord Jesus where he had been brought up this is after uh, um, you, you'll see now alright so so this is after he's been in the wilderness for 40 days right 40 days after the wilderness, 40 days being tempted by the devil, he goes to the synagogue. This is what happens. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, say custom. Mm, Jesus went to church. Okay. All right. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. Mm -hmm. When anyone ever opens up the book of the prophet Isaiah, then you know there's something about to happen. Amen. When you understand the very revelation of the prophet Isaiah, I'll tell you what, nothing is going to ever intimidate you ever again. But he stands up and he says, he found the place where it was written. He says, and this is what he says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable here of the Lord. I'll tell you what, when Jesus stands up and He says, so after the testing, after being in the valley, He comes and He says, now this is what it's about. This is the vision of God, the anoint the Holy Spirit has anointed me to preach the gospel to set those who are oppressed to set them free to heal the brokenhearted that's the vision of God that God wants us to catch that vision once again in the valley of vision in our most difficult times and say I am here to be an instrument that will bring healing to the world out there hallelujah says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So no matter what any politician has said, we proclaim that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. This is the year of glory. Hallelujah. This is the time of glory. Amen. And you know, while it's not an issue, okay, I'm not going to go there. Verse 20 says, then He closed the book. And gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. So They're all looking at him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I believe that's part of the vision of God. That he wants us to say today, right now, this scripture. I am called of God. I'm anointed of God to preach the gospel. I'm anointed of God to heal the sick. I'm anointed of God to set the captives free. I'm anointed of God to open up prison doors. Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. We've got to be bold enough right now. You say, well, Pastor, I don't feel like that. It's got nothing to do with how you feel. See, in the valley, some of you in the valley, and some of you are going to have to lift up your hands and say, today, today, the Scripture is fulfilled in my hearing. So no matter what is happening in the world, no matter what's happening in our nation, we're going to have to say, God, today the Scripture is fulfilled in our hearing. Amen. So come on, I want you to just lift up both your hands and I want you to declare it boldly and bravely. Say, today the Scripture is fulfilled in my life. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. And guess what happens. Between verse 21 and verse 28, After Jesus says it, look, you've got to go read it. I'm not going to read all of it because it's pretty intense and you've got to understand the context. He talks about Naaman the Syrian. He talks about heathens. He starts after Jesus says to them, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Then he addresses the wokeness in the religious crowd. And he actually begins to insult them saying that there are unsaved people who have more faith than them. That's what he says. You can go read it. You know, this is gentle Jesus, meek and mild, right? He challenges their faith, and he challenges their discrimination, saying that heathens have had more faith. You can read it. So the result is verse 28. Look at the result. Let's look at the result. (laughs) Can you see it? All right. Let's bring it up. What was the result? They all applauded Jesus. They said, thank you for speaking up for us. (laughs) What, What did they do? They got mad. If the world gets mad at you for standing up and saying the church is here, The church is here to bring deliverance. The church is here to bring healing. The church is here to bring salvation. And there's no name under heaven whereby men can be saved except the name of Jesus. If the world gets mad at you, it's okay. And sometimes, I'll tell you right now, more religious folk are going to get mad at you than anyone else. But you've got to stand up and say, we are here to bring healing. We are here to bring hope. We are here to bring life. We are here to bring the love of God. We are here to do what God has called us to do. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. Amen. Come on, and it says how so all who, who those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and they rose up and thrust him out of the city. Well, obviously not the state, because we're not allowed to leave. So, and they rose up and thrust him out of the city, and they led him to the brow of the hill, which on which their city was built that they might throw him down over the cliff. Now, you've got to understand, these were religious people. These were people who said they served God. Get so mad. So if you think that by standing on the will of God and the purpose of God and operating in the anointing that everybody will happy, Don't look for that. Stop looking for the likes on Facebook. It's not going to happen. Amen. It's not going to happen. Come on. A lot of people live their lives because we're living in an approval addiction era. People are addicted to approval. And if they don't find approval, they think there's something wrong. No. God approves of you. God is with you. God will favour you. Be the hands and be the feet of Jesus. Be the hands that goes and heals somebody. Be the hands that gives that child a hope. Be that hand and that voice and those words that gives that young child that is broken, that's been abused, that stands no chance. Give that child hope. See what happens, amen. The world will rage at you and get mad. It does not matter. Religious folk will tell you it's no good, amen. But you stand and you make a difference in the world that God has called us to be in and it says in verse 30 then passing through the midst of them he went his way you see the first thing that jesus does and i want to show you now let's continue in luke 4 luke four thirty-three. the first thing jesus does after that encounter he goes to the synagogue another synagogue and now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon where was the unclean demon it was in church. And he cried out with a loud voice. The demon cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus, son of Nazareth? Did you not did you did you come to destroy us? I know that you are the holy one of Israel. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, he came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke amongst themselves, saying, What a word is this! For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. So I want to say to you, if you take on the mandate of God and the vision of God to be salt and light, to say, I'm anointed of God, I'm blessed of God you will carry authority that you are able to deal with demonic principalities and power, not principalities. You'll be able to deal with those who have demonic influence, those who who are demonized, those who are possessed of devils. You will have the authority to do that. Amen. Come on. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be people who actually carry out the mandate of God. So why is it important? Because it gives us the picture of the purpose of God, of the value of vision. Jesus said, this is why I've come, to set the captives free. And when He says, this day is fulfilled in your hearing, they got mad. Because it's easy to talk about something that will be next year. It's right now that our nation needs us. It's right now that we need to ask God for a fresh anointing to bring healing to a broken people. There's a great burden that has been placed upon this state right now. The pressure is mounting upon the psyche of people, upon their emotions, upon their lives, upon their spirits, upon their hearts, upon their emotions in every area, upon their relationships, and it's only the church. And in the valley of vision, we say, this is why we are here. This is our greatest opportunity, church. Sure, we can speak out. And I have no problem with that, as you will know. However, our role is to be that person who carries the very anointing of God. And we're not going to back down, no matter who comes for you. I have no issue in challenging wokeness. And I know many people in this city get mad with me, and that's okay. And the reason why I do it because I really believe God wants me to do it right now, not forever. To challenge the narrative that people have believed that we start getting back to being the church that brings deliverance to the peoples of the earth. If there are 2.2 million people in this city, 2.2 million people, and if 5% of those people go to church it's a miracle or are even in a church it's a miracle it's 100,000 meaning that we have 2.1 million people to reach I'm asking you to in the valley of vision say Lord give me your heart for the city, for the state right now. This is where we are. Come on, right there where you are. Just pray. Say, Lord, give me your heart. Just lift up your hands. Say, Lord, give me your heart for people. Give me your heart for the broken. Give me a heart for those marginalized. Give me a heart for the peoples of the city. We even pray, Lord, for those in power. We pray, Father, as your word instructs us, that we must pray so we can live a life of godliness and peace. And Lord, we see there is no godliness in this city and state and nation. There's no peace. People are tormented. And Father, we avail ourselves right now. to be the instruments of hope to a city, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to finish off with this. In verse 22 of Isaiah 22, it says, The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder. So he shall open and no one shall shut and he shall shut and no one shall open. So God says in the midst of the valley of vision, there's someone talking of the Lord Jesus, the house of David, who the church is. That I will give them keys that when they open, no one can shut it. And when they shut it, no one can open. There are things that God is calling us to open in this nation. And there are things that He's calling us to shut. This is in the valley of vision. We can either say this is not for me and we leave it to others or we can say we are the body of Christ and we do this. I'm so stirred up even with the 613 prayer wall. Every morning, morning and evening we pray, 613, amazing. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell, say the gates of hell. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Meaning we are going forward. Meaning the gates of hell are not coming against us. And that's what we're going to change. Right now in this city, in this year, starting today. We are going forward. We're going to kick down the gates of hell. We're going to open up doors. We're going to set people free. We're going to close doors, close doors on the enemy. We're going to shut the mouth of the lion, like Hebrews eleven thirty three tells us, by faith that overthrew the kingdoms. We will overthrow ungodliness in a nation. I'm not saying that there will be no sin, there will be no darkness, because it'll get worse and worse. But we don't just sit back and become fatalistic. We actually change because I want revival. Nothing more, nothing less. Jesus says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And look at what he says. And he says, I will give you the church, the church. Say the church. The church, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Jesus says, the church. Now the word church, and I'm going to read it. The word church is the Greek word. The Greek word for church is ecclesia or ecclesia, meaning legislative assembly or selected ones. This term, listen, and I want you to get this. This is not a religious term at all, because that's the deception that has been in the church. The the word church is not a religious term. It's a political and governmental term that the Lord Jesus used and it's used many times in the classical Greek for a group of people who've been summoned together and gathered together to govern the affairs of the city. So when Jesus says this, for Jesus to use this term, He is giving the keys of governmental authority in His kingdom to the church. So when we begin to think the church is only what we go to on a Sunday, we have entered the greatest deception of all. But when we understand that we gather together as His people, and together as His people, we are the church, we represent the church. No one is the church by themselves, because the word in its meaning means a gathering together. That's why we don't go to church. We say we are gathering as the church and when we gather as the church we are entering a state where we are governing the affairs of a city and of a nation so when we praise we are governing the affairs of a city and a state that's why praise is so important amen, so when we pray we are governing the affairs, that's why our praying has to be stirred up and fired up and anointed like never before so that when we gather together we are issuing Commands. We are issuing decrees. We are shutting things and we are closing things. Amen. So we need to shut a lot of things this year. We need to open up a lot of things this year. And you think, too much, yeah, well, Pastor, I've heard that before. Well, it doesn't matter. We're going to hear it again and we're going to do it this year like we've never done it before. Amen. More than ever. We did it a lot in 2020, but now's the time to say we're going to resurrect us and we're going to operate the way that God has called us to operate operate and we're going to open and shut doors like never before and we're going to see God move in His church as the body, the ecclesia, the governmental authority in the spirit realm. The devil does not govern this. He has no right to govern the affairs of man. He has no right to govern in the spiritual realm because it's the realm of the church. We open. We close. The devil has no right to do that. Amen. And that's why Jesus said, He said, we got to pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into His harvest. Whose harvest? His harvest. So when we pray, something's going to change. I'm asking you, As a church, that we begin to step into a different realm of praying. That when you get to your work and your business every day, you declare, this place is blessed. You shut things, you open things. You don't have to go around binding and loosing devils. Jesus just spoke to the devil to get him out. But there are certain things that we need to open. There are certain things that we need to shut. We carry that authority. Amen. Healing, deliverance, salvation, sanity. We are in a nation that is very broken at this stage. And we can no longer just be satisfied with being a people we hope things change, or we can be a people who change things. Amen. And so we're going to change things. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Hallelujah. 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 We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, just where you are, just ask God for a fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. Say, Lord, you know a lot of people, Because if you don't stay in the presence of God and trust in God, and every time the enemy comes with a thought, there are many times he'll come to me and say, just give it up. Just give it up. And when the enemy says that, I say, that will be the day. Then I remind myself why I'm here. Then I remind myself why God has put me in this nation. Then I remind myself why I arrived here seven years ago. Then I remind myself why this church exists. Then I remind myself what the church is for. Then I make a declaration. And I say, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to bring recovery of sight to the blind. He has sent me to open up the prison doors to those who are bound to to proclaim the acceptable here of the Lord. And I make a declaration and I say, oh I tell you what, I make a declaration and I say, this is fulfilled in my life. This is fulfilled in our church. This is fulfilled in our city. This is fulfilled in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, just lift up your hands and begin to say, Lord, I, I, I surrender to you in the valley of vision. Oh, God, I, I thank you for fresh, a uh, fresh heart. I thank you for fresh revelation. I thank you for fresh anointing. I thank you, God, that I'm part of the church all over this nation, that we will govern the affairs in the spirit realm. We will govern the affairs of man. We will govern things and we're going to shut things. And so Father, right now, we shut the witchcraft out of our state in Jesus' name. We shut it out now in Jesus' name. We bind its work. We bind its operation where it's been working through government officials, where it's been working in politicians, we break it, we bind it in Jesus' name. We bind it in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the spirit of liberty. And Lord, we release it, we open up the door to revival in our day, in our time, in our midst. Lord, we thank you for the souls that have been bound, that have been captive, we open up the door to them. They will be saved in Jesus' name. Hallelujah Hallelujah oh.